you know, the Lord had different people in our lives to fill that void, but a void was there. And the only thing that truly kept all of us from constantly running to other men to have those needs met was Jesus. We were taught from an early age, constantly redirected to see that God is a father to the fatherless. And that I remember my mom saying multiple times, nobody can meet the deepest needs of your heart, but Jesus, nobody can. And so she would not dismiss that these aches and these longings were there, especially as we got older, but she would remind us that even if we did have a dad, he would not be able to meet every need in our life like Jesus can. God is a father to the fatherless. 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 Welcome to the Help I'm Raising Fatherless Kids podcast. I'm your host, Lori Pond, And I'm so excited you're here today. This is going to be an interesting episode because it's one of the first times that we are coming with a question from our listeners. And so over the last few weeks, we have heard my story and I've even heard some of your stories. And so thank you for sharing those with me. And part of my desire for this podcast is uh, uh, multifaceted, you know, to hear trophies of grace, people who are sharing their stories of growing up fatherless and how God fathered them and sharing some practical things about how to raise children without a dad. And then another part that I'm looking forward to and what we're going to do today is to take questions. And we have a question today that we're going to talk about. And that question is from a mom who has a five-year-old daughter, and she's wondering probably some of the same things that you're wondering for those of you who have daughters who don't have a father. And this is her question. How do I set boundaries for my daughter and respect her inner need for a male figure in her life? I am super honored to have four of my very favorite young ladies in the whole world with me today. That would be my own four daughters. And let me say at the front of this podcast that we are not counselors, therapists, or experts in the field of grief or loss or even parenting. We're just women who have experienced some of the same questions that you have and have also walked the journey of not having an earthly dad. And so I want to take a few minutes to introduce these precious girls to you. I'm going to have each one of them introduce themselves. Just tell us the age you were when your daddy died. And if you don't mind your age today and what you're doing today in life. We'll start with you, Abby. I'm Abby. I was 10, almost 11 when my dad died. And now I'm nearly 34. I've been married to my husband, Nick, for 13 years this year. And we are the proud parents of six little boys. My name is Kayla. I live in Vermont with my husband, Ben, and our seven children, five boys and two girls. And I'm 32 years old now, and I was nine when my dad died. I'm Christiana. I'm 29 years old, and I was six when my dad died. My name is Amy. I am 25 years old. I was just two and a half years old, and my dad passed away. And I work as a flight attendant 
and I've been married to my husband, Joey, for two years. Well, we're so glad to have all of you here today. And I wanted you to come on, of course, because I have watched you grow up, but I have also um, know that you all have experience in growing up from young ages without a daddy. And so that's the age of this, this child that this mother asked about. So I'm going to read more of her question. She says her daughter was three when her husband and her child's daddy passed away. And now the child is five. She says, I noticed she tends to be very clingy to men in my life, maybe in an attempt to fill that missing piece. Right now, it's her dad, her brother, and a neighbor that she trusts. She attaches really easily. She wants to play with them and cling to them. I am worried about this behavior and how it will manifest as she grows with other boys and men in her life. I wonder how she will feel about it as she grows up. And my heart hurts for all that she won't have with her dad. I am curious what it will bring growing up and bonding with other men, her grandfather, friends, etc., without having had the initial connections to a dad. I know my memories will be her only way of forming the image she will create of her dad. How do I do it in a way that is honoring to my husband without adding to the grief she may feel as she grows up? And back to the initial question, how do I set boundaries and respect her inner need for a male figure in her life? All right. So girls, I would love for you to, you know, we can go around in any way how you want to answer this, but I would love to hear your stories of not having a dad and how God brought men into your life or, you know, some of these things that she's asking and maybe address some of the fears that she might be having. This is Abby. I did have some men in my life who were put there intentionally that I think helped create healthy relationships. And I also had solid Christian girlfriends I was really close to. And one in particular sort of adopted me into their family, kind of. And so I called her parents, mom and dad. And so I got to see healthy marriage relationships and all of my formative years, which I thought was really positive. And then I really think as I grew to love the Lord at a young age, and I actually started praying for my husband and praying for somebody who would eventually be the father of my kids. I did meet my husband when I was 19, and I feel like he was a gift from the Lord. And I went on in my early 20s when I became a parent in 2011. It was the first time that I really kind of struggled with what had happened to me. I think I sort of regrieved things that had happened from an adult perspective. And thankfully, I was in a safe place to do it. I was able to talk through things with my mom and my husband was extremely understanding and just helped me work through some of the things that I had to work through, mostly verbally, just like processing things as I understood things in a different way as a parent and as a wife that I did was at a perspective I didn't have before. So I prayed starting when I was 14 for a husband. And I always say that I recognize Nick because he walked out of my prayers. He was exactly the man that I've been praying for in all of the most important ways. And I think that God heard me and brought me exactly what I needed. And we have had easy and tough parts in our life, just like everybody else. But I have an amazing godly man who has been such a gift to me and to my voice. So that's a little bit of my background growing up. And I want to talk to you about how God created the family intentionally. He created 
the mental, physical, spiritual bond between the married father and his wife and the parents to the children and the children back to the parents to be something that is literally irreplaceable and it is God designed and it's perfect. What your daughter is trying to do is act out something that God created in her. God created this need for her to attach to her daddy and for her to have that need met by her daddy. So when she is acting like she wants to bond with her grandfather and her uncle, I think that that is something that maybe God is bringing into her life to help um, help her grow through this loss. Um, I, I think that one of the best things that you can do for her is to allow her to attach to these men, trusting that they're safe, of course, and that you already know them and that you already have a special relationship. Maybe even encourage them to attach back to her, you know, just encourage them to love her fully and with their whole hearts as if, you know, honestly, as if she was theirs, you know, and I think that, well, one thing I learned while I was studying to be a foster parent is that when a child has a broken relationship in a space that there is supposed to be that relationship, like a parent, the best thing that we can do for that child is to stand in the gap and allow there to be a new healthy attachment. So you're not replacing her daddy or you're not uh, dismissing the value that she has in her dad or the relationship with dad. You're just allowing her to bond with another hopefully very positive male figure to help her with that relationship. I think it's God designed. And I do think that God has created these other relationships like her uncle and her granddaddy to be another form of the way that she could bond. And I think that would be a good thing, you know, as she grows up and as her relationship with the Lord develops, I think that she will become more secure in who she is in the Lord and that her relationship with him will be the most important relationship that she has, even among her earthly relationships, even her relationship with her parents or other family members. And I think if you have created a safe place for those earthly relationships to happen and with her growth in the Lord, that I think that she will be able to fully heal. So I think that you're doing a good job. And I think that it's amazing that she has these other men who are willing to invest in her and I would just say she's not being clingy to these men. She's acting out exactly how God created her to be. She can't turn off the cling. So let her love them and let them love her while you get to be the one who facilitates these relationships. Thank you, Abby. That is so helpful. And moms, I know, I know it's hard to see this need in your daughter right from the start, you're going to wonder what that's going to look like. So you you hurt with her, you grieve with her, you're going to even grieve more than she's able to grieve in the beginning. And then as she grows into the awareness of what she's missing in a dad, the process that Abby just described, allowing her to attach to other men, a grandfather, an uncle, safe people, that is hard to watch sometimes because you know the daddy that she's missing as well. And so it's a loss, a secondary loss for you because you're, you'll be grieving that. But I want to encourage you in that to, to allow this process to happen because it's the way God, God fathers. He's going to use other men 
in a healthy way as a vessel for the need that she has, as Abby described. So there's a lot of things taking place. A lot of trust has to be in God during this whole process. And of course, all of this with great discernment and great wisdom and much prayer that the men that God is bringing into the lives of your daughters are are who he has assigned to them and who he is going to use, of course, always being so careful and asking God to do what he does best, and that's to defend his children. So thank you, Abby. So anyone else want to share their experience in this area? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on what you had said about father figures that the Lord can give us, because that was the first thing that came to my mind when I read this question was the boundaries that you set for us, I thought were done very well in terms of they were friends, parents. I think of friends who took us to baseball games and camping, and we did everything with their daughters, which for me, kind of as Abby said, I got to attach myself to these other fathers in such a positive way and watch them father their own daughter, which is going to look different than me, but still feel the the joy of having an earthly father figure. And I think that was such a blessing on numerous occasions, whether it was for five years, whether it's my coach from college, who's going on 10 years of still acting as a father figure. I think the boundaries per se, I think if you guard them too closely, for me, I could see where there would be a fear of, or not a fear, but Later down the road, I think there can be an adverse reaction to too tight of boundaries with males. Whereas if you allow them to, as Abby said, naturally and God-given attach yourselves to people that are in their circle of life already, that are healthy relationships that they can just naturally grow up in together. I think, at least for me, that was one of the best things, just walking alongside my friends and other family members who had those people in their lives, that was a boundary, yes, but I got to act and pretend, not pretend, but cling to them and trust them as I would my own dad. So I think those vessels that the Lord used were such a gift to me. That's awesome. And it was beautiful to see God bring those into your life. I can think of one family in particular that you were with them all the time. Their daughter was one of your dearest friends. And so they did take you in as we, we shared roles. I, I had to share parenting with so many. And the mom was actively involved in your life, which was awesome and positive. But with her being in your life, it brought in her husband, who was a dad. And because they included you on vacations and just being in their home, you got to see a healthy marriage modeled. You got to see how a dad operates, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so it was a beautiful thing. So, all right. Anyone else? Like Abby was saying, strong emphasis that you need to be a strong gatekeeper for your children and your daughters and make sure that you're very mm-hmm. watchful and very discerning about who they who you allow them to be around and who you do attach to because 
Satan doesn't play fair. I can definitely relate to where your daughter is coming from. I think we all can. We have felt the ache and the loneliness of not having a dad. We have missed having a dad to give cards to on Father's Day. In fact, I have this distinct memory of being at church when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And after the service on Father's Day, we'd all made crafts for our dads and we just made cards anyways. And afterwards, we just ran up to random men in the foyer at church and gave them our Father's Day cards. And I think they were probably a little taken aback by that. But I look back on that with a little bit of like, oh, that was really sad that we did that. But, you know, the Lord had different people in our lives to fill that void, but a void was there. And the only thing that truly kept all of us from constantly running to other men to have those needs met was Jesus. We were taught from an early age, constantly redirected to see that God is a father to the fatherless. And that I remember my mom saying multiple times, nobody can meet the deepest needs of your heart, but Jesus, nobody can. And so she would not dismiss that these aches and these longings were there, especially as we got older, but she would remind us that even if we did have a dad, he would not be able to meet every need in our life like Jesus can. And as I got older and grew in my relationship with the Lord and started to be interested in guys and, you know, be thinking about dating or who I was going to marry and things like that, I often had this kind of sad feeling in my heart that, you know, I'd have friends who would complain about their dads, like, oh, my dad is so strict and he won't let me date or he's so interrogating or I don't know, just like harsh with guys that would come around. He's so overprotective is what I was thinking of. And they would complain about it like it was this burden to bear. And I remember just longing for that. I wanted a dad to be protective of me. I wanted him to come to the door with his guns blazing as if there was a line of guys at the door, which there was not. (laughs) But I, I had that desire for a protective dad to chase all these guys away. You know, when I got older and I looked back, I was able to see that I did. That's why there was no guys at the door was because all along my father, God was protecting and defending me from these relationships that would have been probably harmful to me, relationships that I may not have been ready for or relationships that could have taken advantage of me. And I was able to see, oh, I did have a protective father and it was the Lord and he saved me for my husband and my husband for me. And at the perfect time, he brought us together. Also, as I was growing in my faith, would be at camps and things like that or college and Whenever people would share their testimony, I would sometimes have this feeling that I think many believers get where you think, man, my testimony is not very exciting. I came to the Lord at an early age. I haven't really done anything that bad or that risque. And I kind of wish my testimony was a little bit more exciting. But the older I've gotten, the more people I've met, the more sad and painful stories I've heard. I look back and I can see that my testimony is one of God's amazing keeping power because I felt all the desires and all the longings of these other girls I knew whose lives were totally derailed by these achings and longings that they were seeking to be filled in all the wrong places. And for some reason, by God's grace, he kept me on a straight and narrow path. He didn't allow me to go 
enter into these relationships with men that would have been devastating. He didn't allow me to go and do things and seek attention in places that would have harmed me and haunted me for the rest of my life. And so I look back now on my testimony of walking with the Lord and I see that it's not my righteousness that kept me from making those choices. It wasn't an inner goodness that I possessed. It was the love of my heavenly father and his keeping power and the love he gave me for Jesus and the love that he lavished on me, that he allowed me to be so satisfied in him at an early age. I loved him. I knew he loved me. I knew that he had me in his hands and he kept me from straying. And so I just encourage you to emphasize more than anything else, how deeply loved your daughter is by God, how perfect her heavenly father is, how known and loved she is by him and continue to read the word to her, build her faith and her trust in God, encourage her to put her hope in God above any other relationship on earth. Encourage her to read the word for herself as soon as she's old enough and establish in her heart that no one can meet the needs of her heart like Jesus. And then pray with all your might that he'll hold on to her and that she'll hold on to him. And she'll be able to look back and say that she was kept and loved by the Lord and that she lacked nothing. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much. That is, that is true. That is so true. Amy, we haven't heard from you. Tell us your journey of walking without a father and who God used for being your father figure and love to hear your experience. I was only two. My dad passed away. And so my experience growing up fatherless is so different than most of my siblings. I'm number seven out of eight. And so it's just my younger brother and I that we're so young to the point where I grew up without a dad and that was all I ever knew. It wasn't necessarily like this great loss that I experienced. I didn't necessarily grieve the death of someone that I loved in a way that my older siblings had. My experience was grieving the idea of having a dad. I grieved I grieved getting the experience of having a dad, if that makes sense. And so it's just a, it's a different kind of grief. It's, it's grief nonetheless, but it's different. And I think in my experience, I, I don't know, I guess in my memory, I don't remember necessarily attaching to men and I don't remember feeling this deep need to attach to men. Um, but I do, I do know that as I got older and started realizing what I was missing, because I was so young when my dad died, the older I got, the more that I, I felt left out. I felt in third grade left out of the Dads and Donuts event. And I remember feeling in middle school left out for different reasons because I didn't have a dad. And so thankfully the Lord was gracious and brought in men in my life, whether it was a pastor at the church or it was a family member or a friend's dad. I was able to look to those men as father figures and 
that was a really positive thing in my life. I look back at all of those men who came alongside me and kind of protected me in a way. Specifically, I can think of two specifically that were really, even today, I look at as just a gift from God, how he was so kind to bring these men in my life to father me and to protect me when I I didn't necessarily ask for it. It was just a, a God-appointed person in my life. I think there's a positive way to allow men to come alongside your daughter and to father them in a way that, for me, it was always a friend's dad. It was uh, a close friend of mine that I was their friend first, and then the dad was able to to kind of take me in and let me be a part of the family and show me what a healthy earthly father looks like, what a healthy marriage looks like. And yeah, my it was it was a really positive experience. I don't look back on any of those men in my life it's in a negative way. And I think kind of going off of what Kayla said earlier, my um, I think one reason I didn't stray from the truth that was instilled in me from a young age by my mom, we were raised to know the Lord and we were raised to, to live, you know, within biblical standards. But from a young age, it was really important to me to make my faith my own. And that was, that was taught by Sunday school teachers, by pastors and by mentors. You know, I always remember hearing, you have to make your faith your own whenever you're, when you grow up and when you go off to college and do your own thing. But even from a young age, I remember feeling like my faith is, it was important enough to me to where when I did have those temptations or when I was, you know, I guess feeling like I wanted to stray. I was raised to to take a hold of my faith and my beliefs and to trust the Lord that he was going to take care of me. And so I think that was that was the grace of God for sure because like Kayla was saying I kind of felt in the same way my testimony was boring. There wasn't really any, I didn't have a crazy period of my life. I didn't really stray too far from what I learned as a child. But looking back now as an adult, I'm so thankful that I I had that biblical foundation from such a young age. And I thank the Lord that he held me near to him from the time that I was really young. Thank I just you. wanted to add that. Mom, I think we had such an awesome gift um, of your example for more reasons than one, but particularly in this area, I know you hear of many widows who were single moms who are dating all the time and have men over all the time and different things like that. And not that it wouldn't have been wonderful if you got remarried. I think that's such a gift of God when he allows widows to be remarried to godly men. I, I think that's wonderful. But 
I don't think it's wonderful at all for widows to set the example of a constant rotating door of men trying to find an extra placement. And I think had you done that, it would have set an example for us to do the same. But because you had such a strong trust in God and satisfaction in the Lord, you knew God was your husband, he was our father, and he was the one you were looking to. If God brought a man along, it would have been the icing on the cake for you. It would have been just a gift, but it wasn't something you had to have. And I think you set that example for us as well, that you know, having father figures and having one day a godly husband would be a blessing from the Lord, but it wasn't the goal of our lives. And it wasn't something we had to be constantly chasing after. So I think just as a note for moms, as you're raising your children without a husband, be, be mindful of the example you're setting to your daughters of how you conduct yourselves around men, the kind of relationships you allow yourself to have with men, because that will be telling your daughter something about what she needs, what's appropriate, what's acceptable. And you're kind of the gatekeeper of her, her relationships with other men, but also of how she views what healthy relationships with men are. That's so good, Kayla. And that takes us down a whole other path of discussion, which um, we don't have time for today, but be the gatekeeper also in what you're letting your little girls watch. You know, they're, they are learning from what movies you're playing, you know, what are you putting on TV? What are you allowing them to look at? Because those become their role models. And how do you talk about their dad? How do you talk about um, men? Perhaps you were really rejected and betrayed and hurt. And you might be angry, but be careful how you portray your husband, their daddy, to them. Because forgiveness is key. And how you talk about him is going to impact their lives. So last thing I feel is part of this question is a fear of moms. We hear the statistics and don't listen to statistics. God, when God is father, he writes a whole new story. He, he changes statistics. But this fear, because you hear that girls without a dad, they're the ones that are wild and they live promiscuous lives. And so can any of you speak to that? Because I don't believe it has to be that way. I also know that prayer is, is key. As much as God is father to the fatherless, part of Psalm 68, 5 says the beginning of that is he is a defender of the widow. And so I would just make it a matter of prayer for God to protect your daughters, protect your children in this area, and pray for them to to be pure women, for them to walk in godliness and holiness. So girls, what do you attribute that to in your own short story of what impacted you towards purity? Because the statistics say that's not normal, that if you don't have a daddy, you're going to try to go find love in all the wrong places. So I would love to hear from you on this topic. So I'll start off with a quick answer to that question. I think personally for me growing up in the church, and I think everybody would probably say something different about this, but going to church wasn't an option for me. And I'm really thankful for that because not only did it allow me to grow up in an environment that my mom knew she could trust and that I knew I could trust, 
I went to a silver ring thing when I was in middle school, which if you don't know, is a purity seminar where people travel around the country and they encourage purity for young students. And so I remember getting my purity ring at the the age of 13 and, and feeling I really took it seriously. I was, I had committed my purity to the Lord and to my future husband. But again, it was just back to the way my mom taught me. And I don't remember it ever being forced on me by my mom. It wasn't like you have to do, you have to remain pure or you're going to end up X, Y, Z. I didn't look at it like that. It was just, for me, I was, I was holding my own purity as like a gift to give to my husband. And I think one being raised in the church and two, having a godly parent instilling values from the Bible, but also just knowing the truth of the gospel and knowing what the Bible says was helpful for me in that area of my life. I'll, I'll speak on that a little bit. Maybe I think I have a slightly different perspective because just as a person, one thing I really love about my faith and about my walk with the Lord is how God can be proved practically and the things that he says in his word have practical reasons. So I want to talk a minute to the mama who might be listening, who's early in her relationship with the Lord. And maybe some of the things that we're saying don't make a lot of sense, but I grew up where my opinion of purity and the decisions that I made about my body, the decisions I made about how I wanted things to be with my future spouse. Um, I literally didn't know another option. And I thankfully, like Kayla was saying, the Lord did protect me from ever having to face that option. And I give all credit to the Lord for that. But one thing I love about the things that God says in the Bible is that he always has a practical reason for the things that he says. It's not just you should save yourself for marriage because I'm Jesus. And that's just what you should do because Christians are virgins. It's not always the case. And I don't want you to take away from this podcast that if Jesus loves his daughters, he protects them from harm because some of us don't have the same stories that we're sharing. And I want to recognize that God is still good, even if you are not able to identify with some of the things that we're saying. So one way that I want to approach with my kids with their purity, because I do hope that they make the decision to save themselves from marriage, not only because they love the Lord and they want to be godly men and be godly leaders of their family and strong in their faith, but because practically it saves them from so much trouble. Like besides the diseases that they could get, besides the children that they could bring into a world in an unstable family, there is so much that comes with not saving yourself. And I do think that that is a really important part to bring into our conversations. You know, right now we're in a world where the biggest conversation we're hearing about this is coming from other Christians who are making bad decisions and taking the things that we're saying and taking it too far. So if you're listening, I want you to one, just hear that what we're saying is true because God said it, but he said it for a reason. He said it to protect our bodies to protect our marriages, to protect these relationships that are so important to who we are as a person and how our relationship with the Lord reflects our relationship with people. So practically, 
that's one thing that I think was important growing up that I hope to instill in my own kids is that God is wise and God protects those he loves from these things intentionally in hopes that we make these decisions to protect us from greater pain. And so that's one thing that I want to talk about because I know it's easy in these Christian podcasts that I love so much to speak about how the Lord is so good and so protective. And even when bad things happen in parallel to that, he is still good and he is able to redeem and restore and be the father to the fatherless and the shepherd to protect his lost sheep, even when things don't go the way that we hope that they would go. So I just wanted to add that note there. Very good. Thank you. I think as far as the Lord keeping us pure and going against statistics, kind of like what Amy said, we did grow up in a church and that in the younger ages was such a huge thing, just holding purity on with such high regard and knowing I wanted to and will be able to present my husband with a pure body and just cherishing that. I think for me, it was a long process of truly knowing my worth in the Lord. And that's really been fundamental and really solidified even in just the last three years of my life. So even now at 29, I think you as a mom can just speak into her worth as a pure girl and somebody who loves the Lord and the Lord loves back as his daughter and just letting her know and hear time and time again that she's worth something, that she's worth loving, she's worth waiting for, that the world's way, as enticing as it is at times for sure, does not fulfill anything. And I think for me, even coming to the realization and talking to the Lord about myself through years of heartbreak and broken off engagements and bad relationships, just realizing that I am worth pursuing. And that was all tied into the purity with me because there's so many times when I could have just squandered it for a cheap fulfill or high or something like that. But I think keeping at the core of your mind, like you are worth so much more to the Lord and to your husband, realizing that your worth is in the Lord and that is already established. He has called you his child and that actually means something. And for me, it was just realizing and grasping that mindset within myself of it was something to pursue and to hold on to and learning how to do that well and learning how to walk in that and truly believing that I am worth something because I don't think I believed that even up till college really. So I think just helping your daughters, helping your sons know that they are worth something beautiful in the sight of the Lord and that their husband or their wife is going to think the same thing. And that is worth chasing and holding on for. So true. So good. That's also great. I totally agree. And I'd also just add a a caution that we want to make sure we're not encouraging our children to be pure just for the sake of their future spouse, because the reality is many people are called to singleness and the call for purity still remains the same. The standard and expectation is still the same, but mom, you taught us from an early age to trust and obey God. And that feeds into every area of our life, single, married, 
child, adult, the calling as Christians is to trust in the Lord and to obey him when things make sense, when they don't make sense, when it's easy, when it's hard. And so I think if you, as mothers, just continue to teach your children about the goodness of God, teach them about his wisdom, his sovereignty, teach them to fear the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, teach them to trust in him and to obey him all the time, no matter what, that covers so many things and will help them stay on the narrow path that leads to life. Whether they have a godly spouse waiting for them at some point in time or whether they don't. And I also just wanted to add that the best motivation for obedience is satisfaction in the Lord. You cannot beat someone into obedience enough. You cannot knock them over the head with Bible verses enough to make them want to do it. Only an internal fueled love for Jesus is going to be a lasting motivator for obedience. But if your children truly see God for who he is and encounter him for themselves through the scripture and see how amazing and beautiful and glorious and worthy he is of all of our lives, devotion and obedience, that alone will keep them chasing after him on the narrow path. So pray for it and teach them and train them and give them godly expectations. But at the end of the day, pray that they will love Jesus themselves. Pray that they will have their own relationship with him that is fueled by a hunger and desire to know him more and more. And that will keep them obedient, not just in the area of purity, but in all areas. And not just for a certain period of time, but for all of their life. And praise God that he's the one who is able to keep us from stumbling and able to keep us on that straight and narrow path. And that he's the one that lovingly, graciously picks us back up when we mess up, because we all have done that for sure. Thank you. That is so true. And it's so good. Girls, ladies, precious daughters, thank you for giving your time to answer this question. Moms, you got little bit more than you might have been expecting from the answers to this question. There's so much to talk about when it comes to raising girls without a dad. I think the bottom line that um, take away, it's healthy for your daughter to have other men in her life when she doesn't have a dad. As Abby said, it's put within in us. You know, um, God designed families to have my mom and a dad for a reason. But when there's not a dad, we do have God as father. And so you've heard a lot of practical ways that you can do that. You've heard the caution for being the gatekeeper and challenge to pray for your girls and to trust God, to trust that he is able to keep them and that he is good and that he is kind and he works all things together for good to those who love him. So I would like to just close. Would one of you girls be willing to pray for these mothers and for these daughters right now? I will. Father, you are good and gracious and holy and wise. Thank you that you are a father to the fatherless. Thank you, Lord, that you promise to give wisdom to those who ask you. You give it generously and without reproach. Pray that you'd give wisdom to all these moms who are raising children without a husband. I pray that you would meet them in their moment of need and give them 
clarity and discernment and understanding for how to raise, especially their daughters, to fear the Lord, to love you and to trust you and to obey you and to know you and be deeply satisfied in you. I pray that you would bring healthy relationships with men into their daughters' lives, men that can be a tangible expression of how you father us. I pray that you would raise up these daughters to know you and love you and to live pure and holy lives and to honor you with who they are. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for how you've kept each one of us, for how you've met our deepest needs and guided us through life in such a tangible way. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies. Uh, thank you for listening today. It's a little longer than normal, but I'm so glad you were here. Thank you for your courage to ask questions. They help. They help us. And that's the whole point of this podcast is to offer help for those of you raising fatherless kids. So take time to share this. If you know another mom who's raising a daughter without a dad in the home, that might be because of death, divorce, even desertion, share this podcast with her and we would love for you to give us a rating and even a review. But we look forward to seeing you back here next week. The Lord bless you.